Thank you for downloading this podcast from Emmanuel Church Lurgan. At Emmanuel, our vision is to help rewrite the story of Craigavon, Ireland and the nations with the good news of the Kingdom of God. We hope you enjoy listening to this message. Good. Um, here we are at the end of the year. Hard to believe, isn't it? Um, uh, hard to believe the year has passed. I'm one of those people who, I love Christmas. I love Christmas, but I love to get there to the road. Um, so it's gone, and Christmas is coming, but it'll scoot a bit away again. And, uh, well, I love New Year, and I love this week between um, Christmas and the New Year. I enjoy this week. I, so I love thinking. I love thinking even about practical things. I love thinking about what was the best movie I saw last year, what, was the, what were the highlights, what were the low times, what were the best times of last year. And I like thinking about that in this week of the year and journaling a little bit. It's been a tough week last week. Um, I've sat with three families who have been really, really broken and busted and grieved and are grieving. Um, so, so in the midst of all that, and I'm aware that in a room full of size that there are people with all kinds of things going on, some painful things, some good things. But, you know, um, this is the week of the year that many people plan New Year's resolution. If you've thought about something different that you're going to do in 2019, show me your hand. Go on, please. Go on. Five of you? Come on. Some, uh, all right. Look, here, here's the deal, right? Um, you, you know that 66 million people live in the UK, 6.6 million live in Ireland, 1.8 in the north, but 66 million people live in the UK, and, and um, stats show us that 48% of people um, make New Year's resolutions. So if that's going on 66 million, around 30 million people right now are thinking in the UK about some kind of a New Year's resolution. And the reoccurring themes are, um, uh, each year include health and fitness, improved finances, learning new things, personal, professional development, all right? Slimming world, Weight Watchers, gyms will make a fortune in the next four to six weeks. Um, They'll be packed out, same every year. And um, if you Google the top 10 New Year's resolutions, here's what they are. If you Google all over the world, this is the list that it'll give you. Exercise more, all right? So I'm going to do more exercise. Lose weight, get organized. Learn a new skill or hobby. Live life to the fullest. Why did you live life to the emptiest this year? Um, Save more money, and a good way to do that is spend less money, of course. Quit smoking or drinking. Um, Spend more time with family and friends. Travel more and read more. That's sort of the the idea that um, loads of people right now are thinking are how to spark some kind of positive change in their life um, for the new year. Now, one of my life verses, and one of the probably I have loads of life verses, as you know, but one of the probably destiny-making passages in my life around Emmanuel Church and around church planting came out of Deuteronomy 2 about 22 years ago, 22, 23 years ago. And uh, I'm going to talk to you about this verse this morning, all right? And um, in in this verse, it's where um, God speaks to the children of Israel, and he tells them that they went round this mountain long enough, all right? Now, let me tell you a little bit of the story of that, of a couple of things I want to write up 
to make you think a little bit this morning, and then we're going to finish sharpish to allow you to get a look around um, the, the, the new premises, all right? Now, in, in this map, um, let me just talk you through it a little bit. Um, you'll see up in the top left-hand corner the land of Goshen, in under where it says Lower Egypt there, um, beneath the Mediterranean Sea. You'll see Goshen. Goshen was the land that Joseph was given after he went to live there, Jacob and all his family. And then the, you'll see Ramses up there is where they left and they crossed, they came down and crossed the the top gap there of the Red Sea, which is the Gulf of Suez as we know it today. And then the, 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 the sort of straight way would have been the way of the Philistines, which is the very top of the top line there, which is about 613 kilometers, all right, about 380 miles as the crow flies. And if you walk 380 miles, if you walk in around three mile an hour, which isn't a very um, big walk, a very fast walk, and you walk 10 hours a day, which they couldn't have done anyway with all the kids, it would have took you around 12, 13 days to do the journey. Um, but God, in his wisdom, they weren't ready for battle with the Philistines and all, and God, in his wisdom, took them over the, over the Red Sea, and down, you'll see the red line coming right down the Gulf of Suez, and then they arrived at Mount Sinai, which is down in the, sort of the bottom of the tip there, and they arrived at Mount Sinai, that's Exodus 19, that's where they met with God, and that's where God really challenged them. And then he took them on a journey because that's where God really wanted to meet with the people. I haven't time to expound that passage this morning, but they didn't meet with him the way God really wanted it to. Eventually, they turned out just saying, God, tell you what, Moses, you go and meet with God, and you just tell us what God says. We're not ready. And God says, Moses, you come and tell them to stay there because they're definitely not ready. And so they didn't actually get the encounter with God that they really were supposed to get. And they went on up into um, the where the promised land was right up at the very top right-hand corner. And, of course, they sent 12 spies in. We know the story. And they sent their 12 spies in to um, uh, chart out the land. Ten came back with a bad report, and two came back with a good report. And the two that came back with a good report, we know this, are Joshua and Caleb. And, um, and because the spies went in for 40 days... And because of their disobedience, God was so angry with them, God actually said, a year to the day. So for 40 years now, they came back down and see the circle. Basically, what they did was they went round and round and round for 39 and a half of those 40 years. The other six months were taken up and all the other stuff. But for about 39 and a half years, basically, they went round and round where that red line is. So hence, makes our verse... Um, make a little bit more sense this morning, doesn't it? You went round this mountain long enough. And, um, and what happened in those uh, 39 and a half years was they, they lived in, in, in a, a land that I'm going to call it the land of uh, just enough. So what happened was here they... they their, their shoes didn't wear out. Imagine that, guys. If your wife didn't have to buy another pair of new shoes, dad did another 40. Um, or what about her clothes didn't, you know that bit where, you know, oh, I bought that ages ago. Um, her, their clothes didn't wear out. And they got food every day. Manna rained down from heaven. So they went out early in the morning and this coriander seed, this, this, this manna that 
that tasted a bit like coriander seed, uh, fell down from heaven, they gathered and they ate every day. Quails come in and all of the things. And they lived in this land of just enough. Now, interesting, actually, one little thing I should say here was um, we've often heard the phrase, you know, well, ah, so-and-so just died and they didn't get their three score years and ten. We've all heard that said, haven't we? How come they didn't get their 70 years as God promised? God never promised that. All right? It's a myth. It comes out of Psalm 90, verse 10. And Psalm 90, if you open your Bibles, you'll find Psalm 90 is a psalm of Moses. All right? And when you read Psalm 90, Moses is telling this story. And what happened was because at, when, when they went to go in, because of their rebellion and God was so angry... What he said was, for the next 40 years, you're going to wander in the wilderness, and over the next 40 years, God reduced the age to three score years and ten, so that everybody who was over 40 at this particular time would die. God was going to rid, 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 rid this, the children of Israel, of a whole generation. And he said, nobody, not one of you who have been in this state of rebellion is going to enter into this promised land. And so for the next 40 years, he said... Uh, he says, three score years and ten, that give them 30. And he says, if for good reason or good health you live to 80, that'll be the height of it. And so he reduced the age to wipe out a generation. So when somebody says to you, well, so-and-so didn't get their three score years and ten, God never actually promises that. And, and actually, when you come to the book of James, it says your life's a vapor. It appears for a little while, and then it vanishes forever. And those vapors, some are longer than others, all right? So just to put that in context, all right, it's important that you understand those little things. So here are these people. The last year of the 39 and a half, they spent in one location. They never moved for a whole year. So the, so the, the, the fire or the cloud never lifted, and they, they encamped at the bottom of a mountain called Horeb. And at the bottom of that mountain, they, they came into this place of just enough. It was a place of familiarity, a place where they knew where everything was. They knew where to go to get water. They knew where to go to get this. They knew how to do this. They just settled, and they were just content with what they had. And as we close out 2018, I want to challenge you about living in the land of just enough. I want to challenge you about living in the land where you just feel familiarity has crept in. And so maybe God is challenging you that, that maybe in 2018, some of the little things where you've just got stuck, where you've just got settled at a mountain, and some of those things that you've even got stuck in are actually beginning to spiral out of control. Maybe a habit or something that's just beginning to spiral out of control. And you know that you're going to have to do something come 2019. And God's been whispering to you, you've been around this mountain long enough. You've been around this mountain long enough. Now, I want, to, I want to think about this word a good wee bit this morning, all right? I want you to think about the word over with me, all right? It's a very simple word, isn't it? Over. Because God wants us to be overcomers, doesn't he? But I want us to think about the land of over. I want us to think about it in several different ways because some of us maybe have overstayed our welcome. Maybe we've overstayed the place where God, where we've wandered in 2018. It's just been a year of wandering. We've overstayed our welcome. We haven't really moved forward. We've just went round and round in circles, and we haven't actually moved into, and, 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 and for these people, God's whispering and saying, now it's time, now it's time, as we'll see in a moment. Or maybe over time, I've called this one, these are people who, and, and I'm guilty of this too, these are people who have their mobile phone sitting right beside them here. 
It's their constant companion. They're more connected to their mobile phone than they are to society. They watch and they wait for the email to come in, some of them that never come. They're, they're obsessed with their Instagram, Facebook, and, and um, Twitter likes, and who's liking, and who liked the faith, and the many friends you have, and all of that stuff. And the problem is with these people is that they become so accessible. They become so accessible. They, 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 they're always on call. And I know sometimes our jobs require that. But these are the people who live in overtime. And then there are people who live in the overspending category. And, 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 and you're always living beyond your means. And Christmas time has just passed. And your credit cards are all maxed out. And you've just overspent. But it's just, it's, 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 it's problematic to where you live. You live in that overspending realm and, and Christmas is just a bit of a, a maxing out of the way you live your life. Maybe you're overcommitted. You're living in the land of overcommitted. These people never, they, they just have a problem in saying no. And the problem is with these people is they're late for everything and they're constantly letting people down because they're just so overcommitted. Maybe you're in the overeating category. I know we can think that's a funny one at Christmas, but for some people this is a problem. For some people, they do what, we, what the, the psychologists tell us, they comfort eat because at 10.30, they don't just go to the fridge, they climb into the fridge. And, um, and they comfort eat. They, they eat to, to deal with their stress and with their anxiety. And uh, this, they turn to food as, 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 a, as a way of, 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 of coping, their coping mechanism. Maybe you're over a ro- overreactor. Everybody's tiptoeing around you, afraid to say boo, because you're always living in, in that pensive state, and you're not dead sure how this person's going to react, because everything's always kind of explosive around this type of people, and they shout at, you shout at your kids because you're carrying the stress home from the office, or, or something that you should have said to somebody else that you didn't say, and now what's happening is you're taking it out on the easiest, so you go home and you kick the cat. God love the cat. I remember you're living in what I call the overwhelmed stage. Now, I googled all of these words, so I'm, I'm giving you dictionary definitions, all right? Overwhelmed. This one's interesting. This means too much pressure, too much stress, and not enough time. That's what overwhelmed means. Too much pressure, too much stress, and not enough time. And some of you are living, have lived 2018 in the overwhelmed state. Some of you are just over-revved, all right? They're just running far too fast. You can't keep going in fifth gear all the time. Somewhere you've got to slow down. And then some of us live in what I call the leftover stage. And in the leftover stage, was we just live in past encounters, And I'd love you to think this morning as we close out 2018 and all of these over categories, where you fit. Where are God saying, you've went round this mountain long enough? When was the last time you heard the whisper of God? If you're just living in leftovers, you're living in the we land. Well, we, we do some great things in our church. You know, we help the poor and we... We, we give out so many hampers, and, and we, well, we, we, we have Connect Cafe, and, we, and we, 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 all the time. And God said, but what about you? And Dave 
told us this earlier on the year, and one of us preaches about in that day when it comes, when we stand before God and you, and you say, well, we cast out demons in your name. We did all these wonderful things. We, because I belong to a group that did all that, you see, that's leftovers. And God said, but I'm not really interested in what we did. I never knew you is the challenge. And so if we're living in that stage of leftovers, of not getting fresh encounter, my goal this morning is not to depress you. My goal is to excite you and get you unstuck, to move you into a new year, to get you past 2018 and, and, and get you to move out of that over section of where you find yourself. It's interesting, actually, in my verse, you've went round this mountain long enough. The next word is this word, turn. Now, turn. This is an interesting word, actually. Turn is where we get our New Testament word, repent from. It means, actually, to, to, to change the way you think. It means, it's not the Old Testament um, uh, analogy of repent, which means just change your mind or turn over a new leaf. It's more than that. It's actually more than that. It's change direction. It's to move. It's to, it's to shift your complete perspective. It's not go this way, but go this way. You see, whenever these guys went to the, um, eventually got to the land of, of promise, it was just literally days from them. And here they were. They were going round and round and round, living in the land of just enough overreacting, overstressed, overwhelmed with all of the stuff, and God had all the promise, just literally day's journey from them. And can I say to you, as we go into 2019, um, God has so much for you. God has so much for you. There's so much that, uh, and, and, and He doesn't want you just to wander. You see, when it comes to projections, projections are a funny thing, all right? I, I was in business for some years, and, and we, we do projections here in church. We look forward and think about years ahead, and we did with our management team recently, did a, um, a five-year projection for some things. And um, what we do with projections is we look at the past, and then we look at the present, and then we add 20% or something per year. That's what projections really are, all right, just to save you all the work, all right? Um, so what they do is they look at the past performance, they look at what's going on today, and then they say, well, I think we could push that up 15, 20% per year. And so they add that up over the next five years. That's what projections do, all right? Now, psychologists tell us an interesting thing. Psychologists tell us that we, we know that we live, we've got past, present, and future. Psychologists, I, I read this recently, and I thought it was quite interesting that a certain psychologist said that most people actually live like this. They live past future, and present. And I thought that was a bit peculiar. I don't really even know what that means. So people live past, future, and present. <laughs> and here's how he explained it. He said that what, what, what people tend to do is they look at their past, and then they decide their future from their past, and they make it their present reality. So what they say is, well, I was abused in my past, so most likely I'll be abused in my future. So that's who I am. I'm just an abused person. And we make it our present reality. Interesting, isn't it? 
Well, I'm, I've, I've never really done well. I'm not that smart. I have no education, and I've, I'm a bit of a nobody, and I'm not really that, and I'm probably never going to make any, any, break any delp in that area, and so I just make that my present reality. I'm a nobody. I, I need to tell you, businessmen and businesswomen here, projections are wonderful, but they're, they're a little bit of mythology as well. And when it comes to the Bible, here's the most beautiful thing, that when we, when we just project our future from our past, we nail it into our present, and that's not how the Bible works. Because the thing about us is God has given us a plan and a future and a hope, and you can do without living in the land of just enough. And just because you didn't do that in 2018, you don't need to label that into your 2019. You can live in a very powerful thing. You see, one of the, one of the key words when you read Deuteronomy, if you read the book of Hebrews, the key word is better. It's the book of better things. And so I've said this to you over the years, get a little highlighter and highlight every time when you read the word um, better in the book of Hebrews. When you come to Deuteronomy, the key word is remember, 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 remember. And God, over and over again in the book of Deuteronomy, is calling us to remember. He's calling us to remember. And so the, here's the problem with us all, every single one of us, we're good at remembering the bad and forgetting the good. You will remember everything that somebody done bad against you in 2018, and it's so easy to forget all the good things. And, and do this. Here's a little exercise for you. When you go home today, get a clean page and write out all the blessings of 2018. Most of them you'll have forgotten. Most of them you'll have forgotten. The, the love of your spouse, the blessing of your kids, the blessing of your grand. Oh, I never even thought about that. The fact that you get three meals yesterday and probably get three more today again. Those are great blessings, things that we tend to forget. And, and so the key word is to remember. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. When, whenever God makes a promise in Jeremiah 20. 9-11, he's, he, he's giving us a future and a hope and a destiny. And so for all of those overreactions to 2018, my challenge to you as we close out that year is let's not go around that mountain anymore. Let's turn. Let's make. And so what I'm going to do, I want to give you three things really quickly, three practical things that, 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 that I want you to go on a journey with me. All right? Whenever... Whenever this happened in Deuteronomy 2, basically in 70 days after it, they were in the promised land. Now, let me tell you about those 70 days. 40 of them were journeying and 30 of them were grieving. Because in day 40, after they left Horeb, Moses died. God took him up the mountain, dealt with him and buried him, the Bible tells us. And for the next 30 days, they grieved that the, the death of Moses. So 40 days, that was all the length of time it took them to get to the promised land. And there were loads of kids and animals and stuff, so they were, they were just doing a little day by day. And in 40 days, they were there. 30 days they grieved, and then God spoke to Joshua and says, now it's time. Moses is dead. Time to move over into a new land. Gone round the mountain long enough. Turn. All right? So my challenge to you is that I'm asking you to give me 40 days. I'm going to talk about, about this over the next few weeks, but I'd love you to give me 40 days, not just me, but give us as a church 40 days to journey with you into something. 
these little um, journals that we put together are, were um, notes on every chapter of the Bible. I didn't do them because I was under challenged or for fun. Did it because my, my commitment was that I could get people to read through all of the Bible in three years. If you read one chapter a day, all right, you'll read through the whole Bible in, in three years. And that's a pretty good thing to do. And all you need to do is 15 minutes a day. And, and if you'd set it aside, and here's my little plan, all right? Firstly, I want you to do is to set your plan, all right? You need to set a plan, all right? You need to get a Bible. You need to get a journal. You need to get, if it's not my notes, get somebody's notes. And you need to write some stuff in this year. Start writing. Start making a plan. I, I've, I, I've taught, told you this over the years. So I've, I've already done this, but on New Year's Day, I'll add to this little list. I have four little lists in my journal. And all you need, all you need is, is a pen and a journal. And I'll even allow you to go and buy one on Sunday. All right, if you haven't got one, go get one. But in, even, even if you haven't got a journal, in these, in these notes every day, Every day is two questions. What's God saying to you? What are you going to do about it? And as we, as we journey on that, there's something so powerful that begins to happen that we begin to jot down. So what I do in my journal, what I do in my journal is I jot down four little areas. I think about, I, I draw pictures and all kinds of things, but um, what I do is I just write four little areas. So this, this year I think about what I want to do spiritually. So I write spiritually. At the top of, the, top of one page, I write spiritually. And then I think, here's what I'd love to do. I'd love to, I'd love to make sure my, my time's more disciplined. I'd love to read the Bible every day in 2019, even if it's only a few verses. I'd love to, that, that's a great goal. I'd love to make sure I pray every day. Spiritual goals are really, really important. Might be just two or three little goals you have sparkly. And then what I do, I take another page and I, I write professionally. So I write professionally. What are my goals professionally? So I, I'm employed by a manual church. I'm responsible to a management team and to a board of elders. What do I think they'll be expecting of me this year? How do I feel I should perform? Where do I feel I need to behave better when it comes to my professional life? And then I, I take another page and I write, this is how weird I am, I write domestically. And, and, and so I think, what, what would I like to do around my home this year? Might be even putting up a fence. That was the year before last and I got that fence up thanks to Mark McCullough. Um, so uh, this year it was a couple of other little things, a bit more intense, but we had a couple of goals domestically. And then the fourth section for me is physically. I, I, I want to be fitter. I want to be healthier. And, and then I write a little plan about how I'm going to do that. I'm going to climb another mountain or two. I want to cycle a little bit more. I need to walk every day, whatever it might be. And in those four areas, all you're doing is, is setting a plan. Write some stuff out this year and then share your plan. This is the exciting thing, all right? Grab hold of some people this year you're going to journey with. And it's good to talk about tough places. So in the overeating one, if that's an issue for you, maybe the best place to share that is in a life group three or four. 
with people that you're trafficking with and traveling with in this journey, that you're actually saying, here, guys, see, in 2019, I would love you to keep me accountable in this area. My discipline and my prayer life's not that great. And see, when we meet in our life group three, would, would you guys hold me accountable to that? Would that be okay with you? That's a great way to share your plan. Now, I'm not just saying you share it with everybody, but you share your plan with, with some people, especially in the areas that are pain points, areas that are, are difficult, where you begin to share, and people start to keep you accountable and stuff like that. I have three friends, uh, two friends, uh, for the last 15 years, I've done this with their ministers as well, not in this, they're from Belfast, and we've kept each other accountable, mostly by email, and we meet up once a month, just have a coffee together, and we chat about areas that we've, we've, we've been weak in over the years, and I've done this now for years and years, and so last, a couple of years ago, um, I, I felt my, my quiet times in the morning weren't as strong as it used to be, and my friend said to me, one of my friends said to me, Phil, tell me about your mornings. So what was happening is I was doing loads of early morning meetings. And he goes, well, you can't do early morning meetings and, and spend time with God at the same time. And so basically the only early morning meeting I do now is our elders meeting once a month, the first Wednesday of every month, which is an amazing time. And I love that. But I don't do any other early morning meetings because this, this is too important to me. And so we need to understand how to, how, to, how to share our plan and just keeping a little bit of accountability. And then here's, you would think this is, this is a bit of a no-brainer. Start your plan. I know so many people who write loads of things down and they don't open their journal for the rest of the year. That will not work. You need, to, you need to start your plan. You need to start the journey. You need to be like the, 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 the wise man. It said, the wise man, Matthew 7, Sermon on the Mount, he said, the wise man is the man who hears the word and does it. Does it. He will be like a wise man who planted his house upon the sand. Now, if it doesn't work for you, let me say this just as we bring this to a close. Here's a great verse. First day of the week, first day of the week, Mary goes to the tomb and she finds the stone rolled away. She runs and she gets Peter and she comes and she said, they have taken the Lord's body out of the tomb and we don't know where they have put him. Do you want me to tell you a secret? There was no they. <laughs> there was no they. If your plan doesn't work, Always remember this, it's your fault. You can't blame your kids, you can't blame your wife, you can't blame your husband, you can't blame the church, it's your fault. If your plan doesn't work, it's your fault. There is no they. And even Mary made up a they. And we're, it's easy to blame everybody else for what doesn't work in their lives. And I love this quote from, from Conrad, from Dr. Conrad. He says this here. And this is my close. He said, if you are the one who have lost him, here's a word for you. You will find him right where you lost him, at the place of prayer, at the word which you began to trust, distrust, at the congregation you began to neglect. If you have lost him, pray right now that you may recover him. I want to wish you a happy new year. I really do. I'm asking you this. Would you give me 40 days? Could we go on a journey for 40 days? Could you write 
something in these two little boxes, Matthew, whatever one you want to choose to start your year with, and write something every day. What's God saying to you? What am I going to do about it? And if we do that for 40 days, I'd love your emails. I'd love your texts. I'd love to journey it with you. I'll answer them. I'll talk to you. I'd love that. Because I think if you do this, I don't think, I know, it will change your life. It will change your life. And it will change your life forever. And you'll never go back. That's the beauty of it. That's by our heads. God, for anyone in the over realm, and we probably all fit into them somewhere, God, we just pray this morning that you would help us to give our hearts afresh to you. Lord, that we wouldn't live our lives in the overwhelmed, overstretched, overcommitted, overspent boxes. And certainly we wouldn't live in the leftovers of getting what was four encounter nights ago. But God, you'd give us the presence now, here and now, move of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. For more information about our church and all that we do, please visit our website at emmanuel-church.co.uk.